hello, all of my friends from the Monica Go podcast. I am so excited today. And I love to bring in special people for special things that will uh, that will hit your heart in a very specific moment. Remember the, the podcast in Monica Go, it's going back to basics. And sometimes we forget where we came out of. And I just want to bring in this precious woman that I met not long ago, Kale Hicks. And Kale is going to hit us today with a powerful testimony. And I think that not only that, she's going to bring some nuggets in that will bring in a lot of thoughts and living our life intentionally with real dreams. Kale, thank you for coming in, sweetheart. It's such a thank pleasure for, for me to you. have you. Oh, well, I'm excited. Why don't you tell us a little? Well, she lives here in Florida. Are you from Florida? No, I, I was born and raised in Michigan. I've been in Florida for 11 years, 10 years on the West Coast outside of Cape Coral, and then uh, one year here in Central Florida. You know that I lived in Cape Coral myself. One of my, one of my no. kids were. Yeah, one of my kids was born in Naples. I love that area, the Gulf area, and I have tons of friends in that area. So you're, where are you now? I am just south of Orlando now. We bought some property out here on a lake and we're empty nesting in in God's country. Oh, <laughs> in God's Florida. country. So lots, I heard- lots, lots of trees and water and plants, all the things you don't get in the city here. Exactly. How many kids? Three kids. Uh, my oldest is 30. And then I have a 23-year-old is my youngest and 25 is my middle. Oldest is a daughter, youngest are two boys. Beautiful. But you're an empty nester. And I heard that you have three kids, but now you have three of everything else. Would you tell us what you have of everything else? I have three dogs, <laughs> uh, three cats, and three chickens. <laughs> That's that's an empty nester life. Three cats, <laughs> yes, three chickens, is. three dogs. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. The three and lots of plans for them to run around on, not inside my house. <laughs> oh, Miss Gail, I love it. Tell me <laughs> and tell everybody about what happened with you that you didn't dream. You weren't taught to dream. Why was that? So I noticed something really interesting here in the last year i think it hit me in september um i am with a network marketing company and i earned a trip to travel internationally and i had earned a trip multiple times to go to turkey and wasn't able to go medically which we'll get to that we'll get to that but i hadn't been able to travel and then i earned a trip to paris and when i earned the trip to paris i realized I had never dreamed of going someplace like that, right? Like I never saw myself wanting to go look at the Eiffel Tower. And then I started thinking, where did you see yourself going? Like, what did you dream about? And it hit me like a bag of bricks that I never had dreamed. And I think it's just a product of how I grew up. And I think a lot of us grow up that way where there's just enough of whatever. And I'll, I'll give an example. Um, I don't, have expensive shoes or like have a shoe thing but apparently I have a shoe thing because when I was a child and when my kids were children we always had one pair of shoes until that pair of shoes went bad unless it was Easter and we went to pay less and got Easter shoes right it was always one pair of shoes so somehow in my mind it's like oh these shoes are on sale I must buy these shoes because when we're kids we're kind of just taught 
it is what it is, what it is. You watch your, mm. you watched how your parents were, you know, my parents were nine to five workers. I was a latchkey kid. I came home. I fed myself after school. They came home, had dinner, made coffee, watched TV. We're in bed by nine o'clock. And we repeated this process. We didn't have family trips. We didn't go on big adventures. That just wasn't something that my family did. And so because it wasn't who we were, and I married someone very similar to me with a very similar background. So because uh -huh. we both come from that, you're going to work, you know, 40 to 60 hours your entire life and take a one week vacation when you can. We became professional campers. Like that was my dream. My dream was just to be able to camp. And have just a to camp, just to go out yeah. and have a camper. Mm -hmm. That was that as was far as dream. my mind could see. And I, I realized when I was standing in front of the Eiffel Tower and I was looking around just how big this world is and how big my dreams were. And then I had my daughter, I, I had her come and meet us in Turkey. So we had earned back. So we flew into Paris and then flew from Paris to Turkey. And so I did the few days in Paris with my husband and then we got to Turkey and she got there. And I just realized this world that I was opening up, not just for myself, but for my children, you know, this, so they beautiful. weren't raised to believe that they could do that either. And now I was watching my daughter ride a camel or in a hot air balloon in another country and, and doing this. And it's just opened my eyes to the fact that so many in my age demographic, but probably in every age demographic, don't even know they can dream. They don't know how to dream because they were never, it just wasn't part of who they were. Not a part of who they were. And I, I think that is so, so, so profound what you're saying, because there's many people that live their lives like that. And we just oh, don't yes. even know. We just don't even know if we know how to dream. Oh, I had a dream last night. I went to sleep and I had a dream. And you dream that way, but sometimes, like you're saying, I saw myself in Paris and, and the world just opened up for me. I never dreamt. And the thing is, when, when you get confronted to those things, something had to catapult. I think there, there's times in our lives that difficulties come that are so harsh that could be, it could be a platform to push you to start dreaming Absolutely. or just just make you die when you're alive. You get, you have death while you're alive. And I think that today with, with your, with your testimony, just being in front of the Eiffel tower and to start dreaming, what, what stopped you? What, what catapulted you? What was that platform that gave you that hit to make it a change in your life? Okay, so I'm going to give you a little nugget. And uh, so back in 2016, I was diagnosed with cancer. And the irony of my name, so my last name is Hit, and people were saying to me, you know, fight like a girl. That's, you know, the thing. That's what we say to everyone, right? Like, fight like a girl. And I realized, well, my last name is Hit. So I adopted the hashtag Hit Like a Girl. I have the website. Like, that's kind of become who I was, is Hit Like a Girl and the mission to be able to empower women to stand up and fight back for themselves in exactly. whatever that means. I mean, it's not cancer for everyone. And, you know, we all hit rock bottom for different reasons and we've been in different places, but we all kind of have to find that place to go from. And I think my catapult place, I had back-to-back -back medical trauma happen to me from 2016 all the way through 2019. And I, I thought, I mean, when you say you can be dead while you're alive, you know, or dying while you're alive, I mean, that was me. I had already wrote my death death certificate. I may as well have written my obituary. I probably did at some point, 
Um, I had the thoughts of, you know, what are they going to play at my funeral? What will, what will the photos be? I'll never see my kids. And I was, <laughs> I was very much at a, at a crossroads through all of that. And when I kind of came out of it, uh, there was a big process in the middle of it. But when I came out of it in 2019, when I started to snap and, and fight back for myself, because I hadn't really fought for myself through that whole journey. In fact, if I'm being honest with myself, I think I was on autopilot and I let hit like mm -hmm. a girl be a protection mechanism for me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't deal with Kel. I didn't deal with what I was going through, what was happening to me, for me. Against Did, me were you were things. you afraid to confront yourself? Were you afraid I to? Think I knew how. You didn't know how. No. Wow. I I never really had any like self help mechanisms built into me. I am a recovering enabler by by sense of being. Um, and I'm I'm really good at taking care of you. I can take care of you and you and you and you and you. I can put out any any fire. Um, my coworker, you know, the people that I work around, all call me the calm to the storm. I can do anything for you. I can't necessarily do it for myself. Wow, um, wow. You know that, that you hit that point. That's so important. You know, people that are so available, like you, for somebody else. I, I identify myself with you. You are available mm -hmm. for everybody else, but when. And the 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 hotness of the moment, the 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 come up, the coming of that destruction against you, you're not available for yourself. You don't know how mm -hmm. to do it. And until until I see it, I see it as a God thing. For me, God took me okay. out of my pit. You know, when I was in terrible situations. But now that you touched that place, how did you? How did you? go into that other season of your life, going through cancer, battling it and thinking thoughts of being dead alive. And how did you, how were you able to, to transcend into this other, into this other kale hit that moved further than being dead alive? So when I started with cancer in 2016, I was really, really hiding in my shell. And I started to get on the internet and I was watching other people. I didn't, I knew of network marketing. I didn't know about it. Okay. I had had a bad experience at 18 with an ex-boyfriend who had a dream and a vision that was going to be a millionaire. <laughs> that was the extent of what I knew. But when I was diagnosed with cancer and I couldn't work and I couldn't leave my house and I didn't have any community and my husband was gone all the time, my kids were in school. I was just in a weird place. I found myself following people and connecting with them and their story, not necessarily in the business side, but I just, it was where people were coming out and they were sharing themselves and, you know, just talking about things. And I got very, very interested in this. And I decided that this was something that I wanted to be a part of, not because I wanted to earn an income or be a top, whatever. Like I still at that point really didn't know, like my days were numbered, but what I did know was I needed community and the, my phone held a sense of community if I chose to take it. And I do believe that that with my hit, like a girl and the protection mechanism, I stayed so busy. Like I didn't give myself time to sit there and think I'm so sad. I'm so this, I'm so that I was mm. always just trying to figure out how I could level up and be the next so good. or mm -hmm. do something or, or help somebody or pour into somebody else. And by making my 
community as wide as it did, I stayed busy helping other people. So as long as I was helping someone else, I didn't need to help myself. I was just always helping people. And I did that for solid, I would say from 2016 until the end of 2021, I did that on autopilot. I didn't wow. even know what I was doing. It was just what was getting me through every day was the people that I was meeting and the relationships that I was building. And the if I got to go on a trip or if I got to do something, it got me through chemotherapy. I mean, I would I would be extraordinarily sick and go throw up and cry because I was home by myself and then turn around and come and sit in front of my camera and put on a face of makeup and talk to people. And they had wow. no idea that I was just sick 20 minutes before, but it got me out of my head and it kept me going. So when I went through the next stage after I got the all clear from cancer, Lori, <laughs> I got the all clear from cancer. Then I had a medical mistake happen to me during a routine gallbladder surgery. And I really nearly died. I mean, more so than cancer. When people say like cancer was rock bottom for me, I, and I understand I, because I've walked it, but the gallbladder surgery was truly the worst thing I had ever walked through. And, wow. um, it so halted. it was, it was an you know, error it done, stopped me. It was an error done on your body. It was not the even something cut that my biliary tree off. He literally cut it during, during the, and then he closed me up and didn't tell anybody and quit the, quit his job the next day. Didn't even come back to work. So he shook oh. my husband's hand, told him surgery went great, that they had placed a drain in that was temporary. The drain would come out the next day. And everything looked good. And then the next day, all of a sudden, doctors were all around me because my tests, all my blood work, everything was off the charts. Nothing was right. And they well, ended up, I had to get trauma transferred to Tampa um, from Fort Myers. Um, I got trauma transferred by ambulance there and their trauma team took over, which then turned into months of trying to fix me. It was nearly impossible. And then once they finally got tubes placed in me, which took almost two months to get drains placed because my I was so messed up that they couldn't place a drain then I ended up with the liver transplant team because it had done so much damage so all that oh. happened to me between 2016 and 2019 just it didn't stop that is insane that is insane so you are yes. right now for me to my eyes and most likely for all of the people that are listening and looking at this this whole thing, seeing Miss Kale hit, being hit like to die, and you're right in front of us, telling the people in the world that there is a story to tell, and that there is a God upon your life, my dear. Amen to I that. I truly girl. believe that there are so many of us who are less than 1%. Like, I like to say that. I, I think I sh we should start something that's like called the less than 1% club because it truly exists. You know, when people say, oh, well, you'll, you won't, what are the likelihood of getting struck by lightning? I'm like, well, for me, <laughs> for me or for you, because for me, it could probably happen. For you, it'll never, it'll never happen. But things that don't happen to other people seem to happen for me. And for me, to me, I guess you could put it in either thing, because I do believe that if I hadn't walked through the things that I walked through in that season, I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm. You know, I wouldn't, my eyes wouldn't be open to possibility. My children's eyes wouldn't be open to possibility. You know, I, I get to watch them talk about before and after, which is so much more powerful than even me telling a story, you know, is to 
hear what they've seen walk out between because they think I'm, you know, it's crazy. Like how, how in the world can you be laying in a hospital bed and you basically have a death sentence and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do next? You know, you're still trying to help other people, but it was, I, I had what to survive. It was, for, those two, for those sons and daughters. Oh my God. That is yeah. a power woman. Oh, I love it. How did you, how did you connect one thing with the other? Because physically you were fighting, serving others in the midst of your own need, which is powerful in itself because people, when they discover that it's better to give than to receive, that's a whole nother story. But what happened between you and God in the midst of having all that sickness? And so God stepped in in a big way for me. And I was raised in church kind of by my parents, but more so by my grandparents. My grandparents were on the church board. They'd been that they never missed a Sunday, twice on Sunday, once on Wednesday. Like I was always, my grandpa drove the church bus. He was the church worship leader. So I, my days of holding my grandma's hand in church, like those are the things that I remember vividly. And as I got older, church wasn't as cool, you know, it wasn't where the cool kids were. And so I didn't go to church as much. And I married someone who had been saved and he had been in church, but he was not a church goer because he didn't feel like he fit in in church communities, which is very, very normal. I think, I think it's, I think it's more normal to feel like you don't fit in than you do fit in now. And if you do feel like you fit in, you might be in the wrong church. So anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother thing. But on the day I was diagnosed with cancer, we were just talking and he said, I think it's time that we should get some faith. Like we need faith. And I think we should find a church. And we had been married at that time, like 18 years, and that had never been a conversation. So immediately it was like, I knew I needed to find us a church now, right? Because he might change his mind in a week. So we've got to find a church again, right? Here's me snapping into modes. So now instead of thinking about cancer, I'm thinking about where can I get a church so we can get in a church, stay in a church, like a church. And after I went through the cancer journey before the gallbladder, I had this thought over and over and over again, that if I had to go through that to get to where we got through with our faith journey, I would have done it a million times over. And what it was, was, you know, we started going to church. My husband got baptized. My mm -hmm. son accept, said yes to Jesus. He got baptized. My niece said yes to Jesus. She got baptized. And it was just like this whole family thing that happened within an 18 month period of you know, if that was what God had to do to get my family in church, to get us into a place, I would have, I don't know that I would have known to sign up and say, check the box. Yes, I'm in. But in hindsight, I would have done it over and over again. And so that's how it really, really came into our life and started us on this journey of, you know, speaking about our people publicly and praying over people. And powerful, right? Seeing him alive and powerful over your life must have been such a great impact because your, it your kids, your kids saw that impact in you. And there's no better testimony that others to see what's going on with a with a dead person uh, already being alive and well in front of their own eyes. Kale hit. I love it. <laughs> So you. what's what's going on? What's going on with your life after that you battled cancer, you battled all the other things that they did to you for some reason. 
but definitely everything is for a reason. Now you are a, a warrior, not only a warrior, you are a thriver and you're shining like the stars and doing great stuff for others. Tell us about that part of your journey now that you're all wealthy and beautiful and healthy and all that beautiful sexy stuff. I love it. Tell us. I'm going to call you every day so we can do this every day. Um, So uh, in 2019, as I was coming off of all of my surgical stuff, I got my drains removed and, and all that stuff. I was presented an opportunity to join a new company. And I was at the place where I was never going to do that again. And if you've been in this industry long, we've all walked through that at some point. And I truly thought, you know, I don't have it in me. I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I decided, you know what, you need something, right? Like I needed, I needed something. And so I signed up for this company. I'm with a company called Pharmacy and I've been there since May of 2019. So I'm coming up on four years. And when I joined, there was this, just this feeling and maybe it was a God feeling. It probably not a, maybe it was a God feeling, but I knew that this opportunity was presenting itself, not in a way, I never came into this industry wanting money. It was never a goal of mine. And I had seen a lot of people do it, but it wasn't, again, I'm not a dreamer, right? So for me, I just wanted to make friends a community, being able to sit and talk to you or, you know, talk to other people or stand on a stage and share my story and maybe inspire one person to believe or dream. That is the stuff that motivates me. And so I joined this company and all of a sudden the team kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I realized one day, oh my gosh, I I don't know what's happening. And I started watching myself like rise on the charts and rise on the charts. And then I'm hitting these goals. And I thought, oh my gosh, maybe you're actually good at this. Like you didn't know you were good at it. You didn't come into it for this, but maybe you're good at this. And it has just transpired into a way where it's such a 360 because at the beginning of this, I said, oh, I was dating this guy. And he, you know, he said he was going to be a millionaire one day. And I'm over here like, Hi, it's me. I'm gonna. I'm the millionaire. And have you and, and have you hit a million? Like, and not in a facetious way, but I wasn't trying. You know what I mean? Oh. Like that was something that that was a goal and a dream, and he was gonna do it. And I never set out with that goal. I wanted to put a mm. fence in my backyard, and I wanted to love on people. And I have been able to continuously love on people. And I true. I really, really believe that God has just poured blessings on this because I am able to speak life over people. I've told every person who's ever joined me before they even have a team that they're a leader. You know, you are a leader, you are, you're a trailblazer, you're going to change lives. And I mean it. And I just instill belief. And I think that maybe that's something that I've always needed or craved myself. And I think we're really good at giving what we need before Mm -hmm. we're able to ask for what we need or go after what we need. So I've just been able to I'm just surrounded by beautiful women and some men and we go out and we share our stories and our testimonies and why, why this business works for us. But I've been able to change my own family's life in the process. You know, I've been able to take my kids on international trips. I've been able to pay for weddings. My youngest son got engaged last week. And when I get off of here, we're going to be touring some wedding venues. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's this, when you present it, I'm going to miss, I'm watching just, just arrive so beautifully in my life, but arrive not only beautifully, but in a time where I'm able to help 
I, you know, I, I come from a place where if my dog gets sick, I have to call my mom, you know, and ask her for money for a vet bill because I don't have it. That's, that's, I'm sure like in, in some alternative universe, my mom is still waiting for me to call her and ask her for money because my dog is sick. That's just always how it's been. So the ability to help my children with college or weddings or moving into a house or any of those things. They're not things my, they don't even want it from me. You know, they always, they're always very, very cautious. And they always say, mom, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't want this, but I do because I know that nobody is able to do that kind of stuff for me. And if God can bless me with this, there's nobody else I'd rather pour it into than my children. What a satisfaction kill. It is a complete, a complete hit in the gut to everything that was against you. Everything Mm -hmm. that was trying to kill you. And now we have this super powerful woman giving a hit in life, bringing others with her to join what she's doing, what has been bringing her life, profit, serving others, giving her authentic authenticity, unapologetically, and hitting everything in the back just to see God shine over you. It is amazing. Sincerely, with all my heart, it is amazing to see you shine as you are, because just to see you on that platform the other day when we were at the conference, by the way, we both go with, we both serve in pharmacy. I love the products. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I used them last year while I was in London. Somebody gave me some. Oh. Why don't you try them on? And I go, okay. And I shared some other stuff with other women and they go, oh, wow, this is like, this is just beautiful. And that's what I use, pharmacy. And I am telling you, this woman right here is a leader. She is a leader with all, all of her, all of her guts. And I love it. I just saw her in that platform, saw her talking with her husband, seeing her shine so uniquely that I said, oh my God. And especially Kenya, she goes, oh, pastor, she is beautiful. Did you feel her heart? And I go, yeah, let's see if we could talk to her. And she just came up to Kale. And today's a hit to my heart to have you, sweetheart, to to shine so beautifully as you do. Why don't you give us and give everybody that that uniqueness, that that closing statement for today? Because I know that they're going to be following you. I know that she's going to give me all of her handles, where you could find her, where you could follow her, everything. And then I'm going to put it up in the podcast and put it up in, in the YouTube and put it up in my Instagram and put all of her handles up so you can follow and check her out with everything that she does beautifully. Why don't you close up with something beautiful today, Miss It? Thank you again so much, Monica. I just want every person, man, woman, but specifically females, because hit like a girl is a girl thing, but to just step back and take a look at your own life. Step back and kind of do yourself a little bit of an audit and say, am I living my life for me? Am I living it in a way that is comfortable for me, that makes me happy, that gives me joy and peace? And if the answer isn't no in every box, figure out how you can go about doing that. And in the meantime, open yourself up to think bigger because it's okay to have a dream. It's okay to want things or to want, listen, God wanted us to dream. It's all over the Bible. My favorite book, I just gifted to all of my team. We just had a team retreat the same weekend that I met you. 
And um, I, of course, probably don't have it right here by me, but it's by Mark Batterson. It's called Chase the Lion. And he speaks all through it about chasing God-sized dreams. You know, God doesn't want us to dream that we're going to be able to go to the mall and buy a new pair of shoes. He wants us to dream that we're going to go and create a new pair of shoes, that we are going to become independent, really wealthy because we created the next best shoes or you know, just to dream so ridiculously big that we challenge him to come through and show us, you know, because if we dream small, we, we, it's easy to say God wasn't in it. Right. Oh, I just did that. Oh, it just happened. Exactly. You set a dream for something so big for yourself that the only way that you can possibly achieve this is if God steps in and moves that mountain, it's unequivocally just there. So I just challenge people to Sit down and look at yourself through that lens and think, if I could be anything, anything, what could I be? What would I be? What would I do? And how would I serve? And then figure out how that works into what you're doing today and how you can work mm. towards it. And I know for me, my husband and I were working into a new venture and it's called Have a Best Day and it's it's going to be events related. Um because for me, my mission, if I could do anything anywhere, it is to serve people and create best days. I want people to be able to say that when they came by me, they had a best day or that we were able to do that. And of course, you can probably tell, like, I'm a people pleaser server by nature. So if I can incorporate that into my life and changing other people's lives, I challenge you guys to do the same. Figure out what that niche is for you, what drives you, what motivates you, and what you can ask God for that is so big that you're just going to know he stepped in and moved that mountain. Ask for it. Write it down. Don't expect it in a week or a month. It might happen in five years. But when it happens and you just sit back and you can just say, but God. And I've been saying that for the last two weeks over and over and over again. But God. Thank you, Mama. It's God. It's God. I love, I love it. I love it. Let me just say, my dear, that that is one of the best closings I've ever heard. And I just want to thank God and thank you to give a go to your life. That is my slogan. Give it a go because God already gave a go for you. So whatever your niche is, your dream is, and if you haven't had a dream in your life, this is the time, the season to confront yourself to come in the front of the living God, that dream you made you glorified himself over you. It's time to dream and dream big. You need to post that book for me. Send it to my WhatsApp. So I, I will. Can, I'll send it to you. I want to read it. And my friend, Miss Kale Hit has tons of more things. And if you want to follow her, you're going to see it on right here. I'm going to put it all down for you. And again, remember, wherever you are around the world, you have to give it a go because God already gave a go for you. Until next time, my my people. Hey, kids, to see you, Miss Hit. It's us with love. Good to see you. Good to see you too.